Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Okay, so we spent the first couple of weeks in this series getting ourselves reacquainted with some of the more obvious forms of property finance. However, we did attempt to consider these in a slightly less than obvious way, along with some of the more practical applications as well, wherever possible. We now start to move ahead with some of the more alternative and creative forms of financing open to us property investors and developers over the next few weeks. And we start off today by taking a quick look at peer-to-peer lending. I'm joined on the show by one of those more emerging and disruptive players with Ben Shaw, the Managing Director of HNW Lending. I will do a wider follow-up on uh, peer-to-peer lending later, but for now, let's hear what Ben has to say on the matter. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hello again, and uh, I'm very pleased to welcome Ben Shaw from uh, High Net Worth Lending onto the show today. And uh, Ben's going to tell you a little bit about himself as, uh, in a minute, but uh, we're carrying on our theme about creative financing in property. And Ben's going to tell us a little bit about what he does, and obviously in the space of uh, peer-to-peer lending, which is primarily where he operates. Ben, how, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to have a chat with you about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's good to have you on. Um, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, in fact, in that vein, um, be useful if you wouldn't mind just giving a, a little bit of a, an intro about yourself and your background. Uh, and I guess, you know, a bit of a clue really as to the specialist knowledge you might have in this area, just so our listeners uh, know who they're dealing with really. Yeah, fine. Um, well, my background, uh, I started off life as a chartered accountant, but then went into property, spent 15 years working for probably the largest privately owned property company in the UK, had about 15,000 properties. Um, And I saw what I thought was a niche in the market to do financings, being a little bit more creative and taking unusual assets like cars and boats and fine wine and the kind of exciting stuff. But the reality is, given my background in property, most of my loans have been backed by property. But what we do is, a little bit more innovative than a traditional company, certainly than banks and from most bridging companies out there, in that we will look at a, a property financing and try and give the customer exactly what they need. So if they want a higher loan to value, we might take you know, some, some other piece of collateral in addition, such as a boat or a car or some fine wine, or indeed a second charge or a third charge over another property. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's looking to borrow 100% to buy a property, a traditional lender will only lend them, say, 75% against it. We might still be able to lend them 100 because we'll put a first charge on the property they're buying and a second charge over maybe their house or a buy-to-let that they've got or a car or a boat. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, well, come on to that. I mean, I think that's one of the things uh, you you actually wrote a, a blog post for for us, the Property Voice, a while ago, and it was this whole idea of securing uh, against unusual assets, as you described, which really captivated my imagination. But before we drill into that a little bit more about what you you can do as a company, um, it'd be useful to pick your brains a little bit because um, I'm talking about this this sort of growing area you kind of alluded to in your introduction about alternative financing, creative financing. So it includes alternative lenders, peer-to-peer, crowdfunding, uh, and those types of, uh, let's say, less less than mainstream uh, lenders like the the, uh, the buy-to-let lenders and the, and the bridging finance companies that you mentioned. So you know, with um, you're obviously in the space, generally speaking, of being a peer-to-peer lender. Would that be would that be fair fair description? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And and, and, and I guess mm-hmm. what what makes us a peer-to-peer lender is we're taking money from individuals rather than take rather than the bank, and it gives us a lot more flexibility because individuals aren't as rigid with credit committees and you know can be a bit more flexible about looking at unusual situations. Yes, exactly. Well, um, and, and where would you say you know peer-to-peer generally fits into the ma- in in terms of ma- less than mainstream financing landscape, and for property investors in particular, because a lot of people possibly might not be so aware of this type of uh, offering. Yeah, I mean there are, I mean there are quite a few peer-to-peer lenders out there now, um, but quite a few of them are backed by banks and private equity houses and are effectively very similar to banks and private equity houses and it's kind of quite hard to work out which ones are a bit different and a bit innovative and can really think outside the box and there's not many of us who are like that who are funded by individuals so if I've you know somebody turns around to me and says look they've got a holiday home in Mallorca can they use that as collateral well very few companies in the UK would even think about that because they're UK property lenders but we would look at it and we'd say, well, I've got several of my lenders who have holiday homes in Mallorca. Therefore, they are comfortable with values of property in the Mallorca. And in fact, we've done quite a large loan in Mallorca where the lender said, look, I'm quite happy with this because it's a really nice house. And if the worst came to the worst, I'd quite happily pay off the loan and own the house. And that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned there that um, the space is, is sort of, I mean, it's emerging for a start. It's a, it's a disruptive uh, type of uh, marketplace, isn't it? It's, uh, you've got people, you've got uh, peer-to-peer lenders who are you know, in, literally individuals and there's a middle middle man or middle organization that puts, you know, borrower and uh, an, an investor, if you like, together. Uh, you know, the put, people putting in the money at the top and coming out at the bottom. Then you've got this uh, accumulation of like a bank or private equity based uh, sponsors or providers that you've mentioned. Um, and you've got you've got some people who take security over assets and other people who don't. So there's kind of this sort of hodgepodge, isn't there, of different uh, mixes. And you, you're right in what you say insofar as what what your company does is um, is maybe fits in a nice niche in that space, if I understood it correctly anyway. So this is what I'm trying to get yeah. at really, is the landscape. Right. What is the landscape of the market? But what would you say that peer-to-peer in general, uh, peer-to-peer funding, represents quite a big opportunity for property investors, if not today, but maybe going forward? Well, I think it, it, it presents a good opportunity today as well as going forward. I mean, there's certain 
actually, I think the statistics show that there's over a billion pounds worth of peer-to-peer -peer lending going on, and it's almost all in property. Um, you know, not that many peer, you know, I think, to be fair, you're still going to get a cheaper loan from a bank or a building society than you are from a peer-to-peer -peer lender. But the other side of the coin is if you want to do something that's slightly outside the box, a peer-to-peer -peer lender may well be cheaper than a, a traditional bridger. Yes, and I think there are other criteria as well, which we kind of come on to, I suppose, um, in the, as the conversation unfolds as to what maybe differentiates peer-to-peer. -peer. But um, looking, I guess, at the benefits side of, of, uh, of the equation, obviously to a property investor, that's where I come from. Um, you know, in, in doing some research for, the, for this particular episode, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but I came across a, another company called Borrow, and I think they emanated from the US. And, um, and, and in, they, they do some lending, which is uh, geared towards property uh, themselves. But what are the sort of general benefits, would you say, of people like Borrow or people like yourselves, H and uh, high net worth lending, um, you know, to property investors overall, and how, how does it differ from other types of financing that's available? Well, borrow is much more a, a pawnbroker. I mean, its, it's model is more a pawnbroker model, and they've sort of taken on property because they can't get enough pawnbroking type deals at the ridiculous pawnbroking rates that they want to charge. Um, I think there's a yeah, there's, the, 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 the issue is there's a lot of providers out there and if you're doing anything that's outside the pure easy mainstream what a bank or a building society can offer or if you don't have the time to wait for a bank or building society to give you their cheap buy to let or whatever type of deal you want from them then peer-to-peer -peer lenders offer a great opportunity because I think a lot of us are cheaper than traditional bridging providers and and, and some of us are more flexible as well Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I was driving at because I know I, I looked at uh, a range of different types of peer-to-peer -peer lender, particularly operating in the property space. And when I was looking at them, to be honest with you, I couldn't see a great deal of difference between them and, let's say, a traditional bank. You know, they still wanted to do credit underwriting and valuations and, and all of the stuff that you, you know, the affordability type of testing all seem to be, well, it just seems to be a bank in disguise. Um, and I think you're right. A lot of them are a bit like banks in disguise, mm -hmm. and 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 that is the difficulty. Is that you, if you're a property investor, you need to find those that are not banks in disguise. Otherwise, you might as well go to a bank. Yeah. So uh, uh, that was a that was an observation that you kind of just clarified, really. So I sometimes go off on a bit of a tangent. Sorry about that. But, um, in terms of. Um, investors and getting getting themselves ready maybe to engage with this type of lender so you know somebody who might approach you for example what what should they do and in particular what should they do that might be different to uh, how they would approach uh, a mainstream lender if there are differences well I think the, the key difference for some, well, somebody like us is you can call us you can call us and you, you might well end up probably end up speaking to me and I will tell you in the space of two or three minutes of speaking to you whether we can lend to you and roughly what the rate is going to be. And that's the sort of service you don't get from most people out there because they have a credit committee and they have a, a whole series of checks they have to do and thing, forms they have to fill and whatever. Now, I'm not saying we don't have any forms you've got to fill in, but in order to get a loan offer, we're obviously going to have to 
ask you to fill in a form and say what you, what's your name and what's your address and what property you're using as collateral, how long do you want the loan for? But it's really simple, it's really quick, and we have a very, very streamlined process, and we can skip things. You know, if, if you, you know, if, the, if there is a real urgency and the loan to value makes sense, we don't need to have a valuation done. You know, if there's, a, if, if there's a problem with the title that a bank would normally say no to, I don't know, maybe there's a right of way over the property, we can take a view over that and say, actually, all right, there is a problem with the property. Okay, it doesn't really affect the value very much. We're happy to go ahead with the loan. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of flexibility that we, you know, we can offer that most other people can't. But I guess in general terms as well, if, if we just look at the wider industry of the peer-to-peer the -peer lenders, um, I know you don't represent the them and the industry, but um, when I go to their websites, they do sort of have information uh, on there about how you can approach them. So I suppose that's probably a good starting point they, if they have any differences. But if they are the bank in disguise, you pretty well get ready for the full-on you know, finance application type of uh, route. But uh, I think other yeah, people... Yeah, and I think you'll find yeah. that a lot of the peer-to-peer -peer lenders are like that. Mm. And it's partly the FCA forces people down that route, um, or tries to force people down that route, because it's a route they're comfortable with. Yeah. We mentioned the FCA, and uh, that kind of brings us on to a little bit of the regulation and compliance uh, angle I wanted to, to talk to you about. Um, what is the situation with regard to compliance and regulation with peer-to-peer -peer lending at the moment? And I guess I'm looking more from the borrower point of view because, uh, you know, I, I'm, t I'm not saying use peer-to-peer -peer as, an as an avenue for investment yourself. I'm actually considering it here as a, yeah. as a borrower, a, pro a, pro a you know, property investor who's using peer-to-peer -peer as, a, as a finance vehicle. Well, I think a firm having FCA authorization, um, whether it's interim or full and to be fair, nobody's got full. I think there's six people in the country who have got full. None of the big players have got full um, registration. But as long as they're in the process, it gives you quite a bit more comfort than going to an unregulated player. Because the FCA forces you to go through a procedure that gives protection to borrowers in a way that unregulated firms don't have to do that. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, I think, Oh, you know, the FCA is that rules are challenging for everybody, which is one of the reasons why I know they've let nobody through. But I think they're good for borrowers because they give borrowers protection they wouldn't otherwise have. So there's a bit of a trade-off there, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. So um, just sort of talking about um, accessing you and other types of peer-to-peer -peer lenders, uh, would you say that peer-to-peer -peer is, is more suited to certain situations? I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, when it might well, I think it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely more suited to situations where you need the money in a hurry and where it's an unusual transaction or there's something unusual about it. And if you can get a if you've got the time and you can get a cheap buy-to-let mortgage from a bank, that is always going to be your cheapest option because they're borrowing from the, the ECB at half a percent and they're lending out at you know, a couple of percent above that. It's very hard at the moment to get anything cheaper than that. But if no. you can't, then peer-to-peer -peer lenders are an option you should be looking at. So it's it's pretty much a, a, a string, you know, among many other strings in your in your bow, really. 
um, that you should have in your armory. So I suppose if you need to move fast, maybe you've got an unmortgageable property or, you know, that kind of thing. And even, uh, you know, other types of challenges, peer-to-peer would probably come into your thinking. Is that kind of the, the rub yeah. of it? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. In terms of, you know, we obviously talked about regulation, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, it might be a difficult question for you to answer, but are there any sort of downsides or sort of, I use the word gotchas, anything to watch out for or things that, you know, just the average uh, property investor might not be that familiar with, but you could give a few pointers towards when it comes to specifically peer-to-peer? Um, well, I think you should try and work, if you can, try and work out whether it's a bank disguised as a peer-to-peer lender and whether you're just going to have a very long, drawn-out process, or whether, I mean, a lot of these peer-to-peer lenders just don't have the funds, so you might go through a whole process with them, and they're relying on people putting in 50, 100, 200 quid at the end of it, and they may not have them. You know, they put your loan up on their platform, and it never gets funded. So just be aware that that is a possibility with some of the providers, um, and choose your provider accordingly. And the other thing is, I would say, is, take comfort from the fact that a, com- a company is FCA authorised and regulated, it will give you as a borrower more protection. Yeah, you make a good point actually because a lot of the platforms which which post up your project, it's, um, it's kind of the sharing economy type of uh, space, isn't it? It's micro sums of money that gets, you know, bid um, to, to satisfy that kind of uh, that loan. So you are relying on quite a large number of people chipping in generally speaking yeah but your model is not quite like that is it I, I think if I understood correctly no I'm all yeah. different first of all the founders of the business have got a lot of capital and will underwrite loans using their own money and secondly our lenders generally put in a hundred to a few hundred thousand pounds per loan so if you're looking for a you know a couple hundred thousand pound loan it's usually a call to one or two people if the founders aren't putting their own money in anyway. Yeah. So I'm actually a bit curious, Ben, because you you talked about unusual situations and you've talked about unusual assets. Uh, What do you just sort of share? You you talked about this uh, property in, was it Mallorca, I think, earlier. But what what types of asset have you actually lent against, if you like? um, um, Well, we've done done first, first, second and third charges against properties in England, uh, Scotland, um, Wales. We've done first and second charges against properties in Spain and Mallorca, which is obviously Spanish as well. We've done so far first. No, we've done first and second charges against properties in France. We've had loan offers out against um, properties in America, Bahamas, uh, Argentina, you know, a, a number of other places, uh, but for some uh, Germany for some one reason or another they haven't transacted. Then of course we've got some of the more unusual assets which include some very unusual cars and some slightly less unusual cars but very expensive cars. Uh, we've had a couple of planes, we've got two planes at the moment. Um, we've done some fine wine, uh, a little bit of jewellery. So there's, we've done, oh, and the most unusual I think was timeshare units. Mm. Um, which I was very lucky. I had found somebody who actually had the same timeshare units and was quite happy taking a 50% loan to value against somebody else's timeshare units because they'd be quite quite happy if the person defaulted having those timeshare units. <laughs> they get they get their timeshare at the discount. 
I mean, these are expensive units of £100,000 worth of timeshare units. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the point of what you do, really. As you said earlier, you spotted a niche. So um, you mentioned a lot of things you get involved with seem to be property, property, property-backed property uh, loans. But you, you drift off into these other assets, uh, high-value assets as well, which I thought was really interesting. Um, when we first um, exchanged, actually, about cars and fine wine, and I guess antiques would fall into that category as well, would it? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fascinating. Um, you know, are there any criteria that you, you know, would like to, you know, share now that it's relevant or is it just contact you for more information? What's the best way for people to follow up? Yeah, I think it's contact, just contact us for, you know, and I'm happily spend a couple of minutes on the phone with you and because and, everybody's scenario is different. Mm-hmm. So it'd be silly for me to try and sort of give scenarios because everybody you know we're we're not a bank we're not saying you have to fit into a certain box you tell us what you want you tell us what your assets are and we'll do our best to work something out so it's personalized to the the person effectively yeah Yeah. so what's the best way to get hold of you ben um email ben at hnwlending.co.uk or phone 07958 636 (laughs) <laughs> I'll make a note of those in the show notes as well so people can track you down. But before we be, before we perhaps draw to a close, um, actually, before I've got one final question, but one probably in anticipation of that. Do you think, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't? You think, Richard, you probably should have asked me this. It's burning in my head. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think you've covered you know, pretty well what, what, what the opportunity are, is in peer-to-peer lending for property investors. Okay, well, that's good. Um, that's the intention. But one, one question I do tend to ask people like yourself who come on the show is, um, is there anything particular, whether that's a special offer or something like that, that you would like to make available to listeners of The Property Voice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've decided that what we are prepared to do is offer a free valuation to anybody who quotes The Property Voice when they submit their application. Now, uh, you know, valuations range from a few hundred pounds to a couple of thousand pounds when it's, you know, million, multi-million pound properties. So that can be quite quite a good discount. Yeah, quite, quite generous. So, yeah, thank you for that. I'd appreciate that. And, um, again, we'll make notes of how to go about that. But just to be clear, if you mention the property voice when you contact Ben, uh, there's an offer of a free valuation. So that's fair enough. Um, ben, it's been great, actually. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I know that you've... Uh, been close to the property voice over a while you submitted the guest blog so it's always always good to get your insights and i think in particular in this space which is kind of emerging and you know and new um so well done you for offering uh, by the way um some some alternative finance which can often meet the needs of uh of strange property investors <laughs> yeah really appreciate Great. it that's right. it's a pleasure that's okay. So um, thanks a lot, Ben. As I say, I'll, um, I'll get the recording and the show notes up there. But uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Great. Thank you. Take care. So just a quick wrap-up from me this time. Lots of great advice in how to apply peer-to-peer lending, particularly when there's a requirement for, for say, speed, or if a situation is, is less commonplace or even unusual, as Ben himself mentioned. 
I have in fact worked with Ben on a couple of projects of my own and, and can vouch for the fact that he can, he can act very quickly and adopt a flexible approach as well. Uh, specifically, actually, I remember when I contacted him about a particular project um, and he had a loan offer to, to me and inside my inbox within a few hours. When you consider that we were each traveling and in different countries with the property in yet another country, it was quite remarkable, really. So, you know, he does actually mean it when he gives his mobile number to contact him that he is able to arrange these sort of things. But uh, anyway, whilst peer-to-peer lending is an emerging and at times very useful form of uh, property financing to have available, it's not necessarily for everyone and for every situation. And I shall pick up this theme a little bit more in a follow-up episode, I'm sure. So uh, so look look out for that, won't you? But I hope you enjoyed listening to our opening foray into peer-to-peer lending, especially when it is not from a bank in disguise. And I'll return to the practical application part later on. But for now, let's leave it at that. By all means, do email me personally if you want to talk about anything from today's show or more general in property investing. Of course, my email address, as always, is podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and the show notes are going to be over the website, thepropertyvoice.net. And don't forget uh, Ben's free uh, valuation offer that he mentioned and all links are going to be in the show notes of how you can get hold of that as well. So all there for you. But now, all that remains to say is thank you very much for listening once again. And uh, until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.